Hello and welcome to another MyTunes podcast here at manxradio.com with me, Mark Tiley. And it's Katie Lawrence this week. Plus, as you've dropped into the podcast, there's a bonus track from her dad, Al Lawrence, that wasn't on the original broadcast. So stay tuned right the way through. It's going to be a cracker. Mark Tiley, the nation station. Can you believe it? Up until now, if I wanted to get this guest on my tunes, I'd have had to have probably launched myself into the pit at the Gaiety in the interval or at the end of a show because this girl has been so busy playing in those wonderful productions. She is Katie Lawrence. Katie, I've got you. <laughs> Hello, how are we doing? We're fine. To say you've been busy is a bit of an understatement. Yeah, it's been a bit crazy, really. Having Hunchback and uh, Sweeney Todd, like back to back. Back to really. back, yeah. but it's good, isn't it? Yeah, to be, yeah. To be back in that lovely place. Yeah, definitely. It's my favourite place. So. I see your Facebook posts, and I know how much that gaiety means to you. It's something about it, it's, isn't it? I just love the theatre. I just, it's just a whole. I don't know what it is. It's just a magical place, and it's my favourite place on the island. And I, I, you know, I'll take any opportunity I can get to play there. So, I mean, you play in all sorts of different bands and settings, but that is—I just feel you when you're down in that pit. You're, you're in your element. Yeah, I don't know. I just—I mean, I've had too many opportunities over the years to play different things, and you know, obviously very involved in the, the folk scene, and and you know, I've played in the orchestra and things, and I've, I'm trained classically, but I just—I don't know what it is. I just—I just love it. Yeah. I can't explain it. I can't like if I could bottle it, I would do, but it's just it's just a magical experience to to be playing down there for the few people that have never peered over the the edge there in that how many of you down there for a show like uh, hunchback uh actually yeah, hunchback was quite quite a chocker one uh i would i don't know i think it was about 15 of us right but then it felt like sweeney was less i think i feel like there was more room for sweeney but yeah. then lame Miz was that was crackers then because i think the drummer had to go in a different room because there was no room for him in the pit wow. so he had his own little room and they had a video link set up so um but yeah it's, it's it can be cozy so I suppose, unlike an orchestra, you really do bind as a as a group together. Yeah, there's, there's a bit of banter going on, and yeah, there's because there's obviously you're playing the same music every night, so you kind of like there's certain bits that you listen out for in the in the actual um, sort of the musical and uh, speech examples and stuff like that, and it's just uh, there are the little bits that set you off, and you have a little bit of a laugh, and but you're all there for for all the same reasons, so. Yeah, it's yeah. good fun. Yeah. Well, it, it, and what a sound you guys make! It's just every oh. show. I keep thinking it gets better and better and better. Oh. Well, I'm no, we're never sure how it sounds sometimes because we're not always. No. Have, I mean, some of us have monitors, some of us don't, so we just kind of have to um, just just get on with it, really. <laughs> now, you, it's a musical family you mm -hmm. come from, and music everywhere you turn. Yeah. From your dad onwards. Uh -huh. Yeah, so Dad was brought up playing. His mum played in the in the Blackpool Opera House, actually. And now Dad's obviously grown up with folk music and kind of played around the folk clubs. And I think I think him and Mum met in a folk club, actually. But then my sister plays and my brother plays as well. Mark, my brother, um, makes instruments as well. And then 
Um, yeah, they've just brought us up with just just with music. It was never not going to happen, was oh, it? Well, I don't know, because I've got a nephew now, and, and he, like, we'd like to encourage him to play, and but but it's okay if not as well. But it's quite difficult being in a family like ours not yeah. to, so I teach him fiddle now as well, so now, fingers the, crossed. Was the fiddle, was the violin your first instrument? Uh, yes, yeah, I started on uh, the violin, and then not long after, the piano. Um, but I'd say I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm better on the fiddle than the piano. <laughs> I can get by on the piano, but... <laughs> now, when you're not playing for other people, you're also teaching little ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I teach at Balakotia Primary School. I've been there for about 16, 17 years now, so it's a quite, a long, quite a long stretch. I run the music clubs there and the choir and the violin group, and we've been at the Folk Awards this week, actually, so um, had loads of fun there as well. So a, l- yeah. a lot of people were getting a bit worried that music was being squeezed out oh. of, of schools, <laughs> particularly in, in, uh, in the timetabling. And yeah, it's, it's just... really tricky because it's a bit of an emotive subject yeah. for me um, because I feel like, I, you know, if, if teachers haven't got the, you know, if they're not music specialists, they, can, they, they do find it quite hard to teach that subject. And we do need more support in terms of um, staff development over here with music and giving them the skills to, to kind of... Uh, be be confident to teach it and be be confident to sing in front of a class as well because that's a big thing for some people who are, are not used to doing it so um i'd like to try and get more of that going uh, over the next few years well, more power to you <laughs> for that yeah we're gonna have our first piece of music of the week well it, uh, what's it gonna be it will be Africa by Toto because that like it's not a joke. It's just like a little thing that people know me for. I just joking aside. I think it's an incredible song. I think the key changes in it. I mean the chord changes in the middle of it, and then it all of a sudden goes to a completely different. It raises to that chorus, and you're like, oh my goodness me, could this song get any better? But I just I just love the power behind it, and I love doing the chords. And I've done it at school a couple of times with boom whackers. You know that? Do you know those coloured tubes yeah, you knock on? Yeah. It's great fun. I just. I'm obsessed with the song. I don't think I'll ever not be. It inspired the Anything Goes class at the Guild, actually. So um, uh, the, the class was basically... The original one before COVID happened was an Africa-themed one. My my joke on Facebook was uh, we should all play Toto's Africa, but whatever kind of like ensemble, so like brass bands or flutes or kind of like strings or, or choirs and stuff. And so they kind of took that idea and turned it a little bit...
Wild dogs cry out in the night As they grow restless longing for some solitary company I know that I must do what's right Sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti What's deep inside Frightened of this thing that I've become Yesterday, with my guest, Katie Lawrence, we talked a little bit about music in schools. And I wanted to just pick up on that because I was reading somewhere that learning music and being involved in music at schools makes you better at other subjects as well. They've done quite a lot of work on this. Um, there's, there's, there's no doubt at all that it has positive impact on a child's sort of all-round kind of development and, and education. That There have definitely been studies done in terms of, you know, even sort of 10 minutes singing a day can, certainly from a kind of well-being point of view, it can really um, enthuse children and make them sort of feel happier and just a little bit of singing. Just, yeah. just a little tiny bit in every day. Even if you sing the register, or you, you sing the, um, you know, if a child says, "Can you go to the, can I go to the toilet?" You sing, "Yes, you can," and things <laughs> like that. Just little yeah. things like that, just kind of lifts, you know, gives, give them a bit, of, just you know, have a bit of fun with it. But yeah, there've definitely been studies 
in, in done into it and in terms of there's one in Bradford actually Jimmy Rotherham at Faversham Feversham School right and he basically went in and just kind of completely revolutionized how they taught music the school were on board with it and supportive of it and all of the staff um teach their music rather than what I do which is just one person teaching all all the lessons um all of the teachers teach it and they found that um their Ofsted rating went up and the reading levels went up and, and everything, just all the levels went up and, uh, you know, got really good sort of reports and things like that. So oh. um, definitely I've been had a couple of conversations with Jimmy recently um, just kind of just to make a connection there and it's, it's a really interesting person to talk to. Well, so. it's, a, it's a joyous thing and we're coming up to the Guild so there'll be yeah. an awful lot of people singing above, and you'll be involved in that, of course. Yeah, we've got uh, the choirs in and filing group are going to play, so... Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Now, dear listener, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna share this with you. Katie Lawrence has got ridiculously fit, and <laughs> and and sometime a few, I don't know when it was. You decided that you were gonna start running. Yeah, it was about five years ago. Is it um, really that long? Well, we used to run as kids. Me, Mark, and Kirsty went to Western Athletics as uh, children, and then um, you know music took over and like kind of got in the way. And we had well, not got in the way, but you know what I mean. But yeah. we had um, we were too much that way to do, and then sort of um, that was our interest. That's what we followed, and then I kind of had an operation on on my nose actually about five years ago, and I'd started couch to five k before then, and then went back to it after that operation and took another couple of goes to finish it and then I thought well I've got I've done this now well, there's no point in stopping I'll just carry on to 10k and then a half marathon and then um, did my first marathon uh, two and a half years ago so yeah I've got bright Brighton marathon in a couple of weeks as well so and, you know we talked about music <laughs> making you feel uh, better and different you even look taller I don't know I'm what's good happened with being to taller. I don't know. I just wear long trousers. I don't know. <laughs> but you but, seriously, I mean, it has changed the way you, way, the energy levels, I think, as well. I, I th- yeah, I mean, goodness, I, I don't think I had much energy last week after Sweeney, but <laughs> it's definitely, it's it's like a natural drug. I just, I go out and, like, I run and actually, you know, I get to the end of a run. The more, the more I run, actually, the, the better I feel. So it's definitely... Um, it's definitely good for um, positive mental health. So. Is it? I'm trying to remember. Is it endorphins that are released when yeah, you're doing the uh, running? I don't know. Something good. So. Something good happens anyway. Some kind of like positive, like brain sort of chemicals and things. So. Yeah. Well, keep it up. <laughs> Goodness me. We had a look at various versions of today's track, and you've gone for one particular version, and I'm really glad you did. Tell me all about it. And. Um, uh, I'm fairly sure this is the version of the song that's at the end of the movie Sister Act 2 and that movie is a movie I saw that inspired me to set up the school choir at Balakotia because um, it's all about choirs and you know she goes into the school and she sets up this amazing gospel choir and there's some cracking songs on on that soundtrack and I heard this and, and this it's right at the end they play it right at the end of the, the film it's the last track and it's just I just love it I love Motown music anyway and just I, find, I think the instrumentation and the, the, just the the way they perform is just incredible so and this is definitely one of my favorite songs so well we'll take the version you've chosen this ain't no mountain high enough but it's the wonderful Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell <laughs> Wild enough, baby. If you need me, come. 
all week on my tunes my guest is katie lawrence day three track three you'll have to wait and see what it's going to be it'll be a good one i guarantee it we've talked about being in the pit of the gaiety and getting music into the heads of youngsters but you're also really well versed in manx music and and celtic music i mean you're you're really surrounded by that as well Mum and dad met in a folk club right. and they kind of always have been into folk music and um, when they moved back over here, they've just kind of always encouraged us to, to get into it and that's just always what we've done along with being in the youth orchestra over here. There's quite a few of us um, that, that kind of played in the orchestra and also played folk music. I grew up with that and um, I think it definitely adds a different skill to your to musicianship being able to pick up stuff by ear and also being able to kind of pick it up just as easily by reading music um, but yeah we've we've always played the Manx music we've played for the dance groups and um took taken part in the, in the Cruniact competitions which are now the folk awards which have been happening this week and yeah it's just always been a massive part of our lives we've gone away and traveled and played for dance groups away and um Kirsty and I played at the Albert Hall when we were 15 with our school folk group as well. So, yeah, we've just always been, just it's just always been part of our lives. Maybe not so much at the moment, but um, certainly it's still definitely there um, in in our musical kind of upbringing. So, and there is a huge commonality between the various Celtic region regions, aren't there? Mm-hmm. And you play different people's tunes and yeah. different traditions. Some of the tunes sound quite similar and um certainly some of the I, I do know i mean i'm i don't speak manx really i can understand a little bit but i certainly the language as well you um there, there are definitely similarities between irish and scottish and and manx as well but certainly with regards to the music quite a few of the tunes sound quite similar there's some tunes that are kind of there's a fairy dance for example which is like very similar in all three of the countries and then but i i, I don't know um sort of irish music tends to be on the main part for for me a lot quicker and and then some of our tunes are a bit more relaxed but then in irish music you get these beautiful slow airs as well and um so yeah there are definitely similarities though yeah and these traditional uh folk melodies have been handed down have they actually been written down or were they just handed down by ear um, well, it's a bit of a mixture. Yeah. Well. You know, we, we we learnt from these books called Kiol and Tay, um, which are the um, most uh, more kind of commonly known as the red and yellow books, and um, so uh, they were collected. Um, and they were kind of put into uh, into the books, and we kind of went through them. Uh, we used to play different tunes for the for the Cruniac every year, and we'd make an effort. But in terms of being, uh, some of them were written down. I mean, we all write them down now, but some of them would have been just passed on by ear, and then somebody at some point would have kind of um, just made the made the effort to kind of collect them and write them down or transcribe them down and and collect them into into books. Now, we are giving you, because we can, an extra tune, because hopefully... Um, your dad is going to play something for us. If I can get him to record it, yeah. yeah so which when... we'll put that on the podcast. Yeah. And I, uh, or maybe I'll even play some tomorrow as well. Just attempt people to make their go to the <laughs> podcast as well. So we'll keep that powder dry. But what what is he going to play for us, assuming he does? Uh, hopefully, um, it's a song by it's a Bob Dylan song called One Too Many Mornings. And like it's really weird, actually, because I'd only ever heard Dad sing it. Um, but it, uh, And then when I heard Bob Dylan's version, I was like, but I prefer my dad's version. It's just a song that he sings. I always just like sort of. It's really emotional the way he he sings it. It's to, um, and I play. I backed him on it a couple of times on the on the fiddle. So I think it's a beautiful song. I know I'm dad's like one of my main inspirations. So now, if you haven't if you haven't met uh, 
Katie's dad. It was talking about Al Lawrence. Oh, yeah. Kate, just in case you haven't heard, Daddy's Al. Well, we hope we get that. In the meantime, we'll have to make do with Dr. John. Now, you've chosen the great Dr. John track mm-hmm. as a backup yeah. <laughs> to your dad. Yeah, so I chose this because um, it just reminds me of Anglin Buttermore, who obviously, oh, yeah. sadly, no longer is with us. But he just, when he, he always used to play the song, and like he played it at my 18th birthday party. And I just like, when he kicks into those, dun, 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 and it just like, it just, it's him. That song is him. So um, he's really supportive. We used to sit in a YT for, for you know, a few nights when, when I used to live nearer to there, and we used to chat and with, with him and Jen, and just, um, just, he was, he's great. He was great. So um, just really supportive of a really good friend. So, Well, we'll play this for the late Anglin Buttermore, Dr. John, Such a Night. Such a night. You're such a night. Sweet confusion under the moonlight. Such a night. This week on my tunes with my guest Katie Lawrence in the pit at the Gaiety because that's where she's lived most of this year so far, <laughs> <laughs> seemingly in rehearsal and down there for the big shows. 
So, Katie, we're going to talk musicals today because mm-hmm. what was the first one? Do you remember your first one in the pit at the Gaiety? Yeah. So my first one, it was about seven years ago and it was West Side Story for Manx Ops. It had held a special place in my heart anyway because it was the first musical I ever went to see at the Gaiety, sort of about 20 years earlier, also by Manx Ops. And um, I just, I think the melodies are beautiful. I think the whole musical, the whole story, the way it's kind of set is is wonderful. So, I'm just trying to remember that performance. What, Simon taking the lead? Um, Simon Lynch in the last one that I did in the pit. It was Simon Lynch and Lily Ratnavel was um, Maria. She was just such a stunning beautiful voice because they came up here in this studio where we're putting this and they sang in in, in there and they did some did some beautiful recordings for us it was it was stunning it was just yeah and listen all all of the all of the ops companies over here douglas core union taylorian um center stage uh, um and manx ops i've i've played for all of them now i think and um i think manx ops and douglas core union the most and they've just they're all all they're all different, but they're all fantastic, and they're all about kind of encouraging local theatre. People might not know. I mean, we've talked about obviously rehearsing for uh, actors when we've had actors in, in your hot seat, in the Mytune seat. But as a musician, how do you? How does your process of working with the production all start? What's the what? we we come in. Quite, kind of quite late to the show really and we always feel a, bit, a little bit guilty because they've been at it for, for, for months and yeah. just been rehearsing rehearsing and um, we come in about sort of two or three weeks before with, with something like Les Mis though it was it was a little bit longer we were rehearsing longer before that because it was a bit of an epic but um, we get together we have a couple of band calls and then we get together with the cast that's called a, a sits probe I know what it means now yeah. where you get together with the cast and the band for the first time yeah then we go into the they normally spend a bit of time in the theatre before we go in for a couple dress rehearsals so so who, who have they been rehearsing with musically before piano um, yeah they have sorry yeah they have um a pianist who then we has uh, been rehearsing with them all the way through so um some of them tend to change for double core union it's a wonderful karen corkle she's just amazing and her cakes i've got to mention her cakes <laughs> they're incredible some of them change here and there but um uh, for for sweeney todd it was dave kilgallen and um he's done, and then you know uh, there's dave holland that does it sometimes as well and mary lever who has done it for ops in the past as well yeah. so yeah they were rehearsing all the way through with the the piano player so and you don't get to see it really because you're you're down no down, down in the depths i did see a dvd of punchback and i was literally blown away away by it because the stage and the lighting and everything i was like and and because we were watching it at the after party they were all singing along their parts as well so it was it was a bit like stereo sound yeah. but so i need to get a hold of a, a dvd for uh Sweeney as well. It'd be well, lovely to see it. It would. I tell you, I, I, David Dawson was a guest a couple of weeks ago, and I was I was telling him what I thought that I'd never heard quite such power from the orchestra and the choral pieces that I have in the Hunchback. It was a, a sound. It was it was spellbinding. That that musical, I wasn't expecting it to like hit me the way it did. It was just incredibly emotional. The choir for me, like they were. I mean, it, it just. There's a loads of things. Everyone has different things about that show that made it for them, but the choir sound was incredible, and Steve Dakin did an absolutely incredible job with them. And just the whole thing, the way it fitted together, was amazing. It was like it was like your heart being torn, torn out. Sorry, it, like every night, and having to play that over and over again as well. I was like, I was an emotional wreck by the end of that run, but it was just a, just fantastic. It was amazing. And um, the thing I heard from so many people, me included, I didn't know it that well. 
I loved it completely, yeah. even yeah. though I didn't have any, oh, I love that song, that song. That It's not like one of those musicals where you know everything. No. I knew very little, and boy, it just blew but me it's, away. I mean, it's the guy who wrote, I mean, it's a guy, the guy who wrote a lot of the Disney stuff, isn't yeah. it? The Alan Menken, and then the guy who wrote the, uh, could I have this right, uh, Stephen Schwartz, he wrote Wicked, the, the lyrics and things like that. So it's a, it's a, a team act. there, right there. Yeah, class act. Well, we've come to our final choice, and quite rightly, we are going back to the musicals for this. Um, yeah, somewhere from West Side Story. So I just, um, the, the whole musical, it just has a special place in my heart to me. And so I've, this is what I've chosen this song. I did it with our school choir a few years back, and it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful song. It's very, it's gut-wrenching. It's, yeah. a, it's a, a heart-stopper, and it's just always delivered with such kind of emotion so we'll go back to the original movie for mm-hmm. this yeah yep. okay katie lawrence thank you for joining us on my tunes absolutely no problem total pleasure There's a place for us somewhere a place for us peace and quiet and Goosebumps, always with that particular track, the closing song from West Side Story, the choice of Katie Lawrence. Now, I promised you a bonus track this week on the podcast that wasn't on the original broadcast because very kindly, Dad, Al Lawrence, that is, has recorded this for us as promised.
the street the dogs are barking and the days are getting dark as the night comes a creeping the dogs will loot their bar and the silence night will shatter to the sounds within my mind as I'm one to Lawrence, one too many mornings. Thank you, Al, for recording that, especially for this Katie Lawrence podcast. And yes, Katie was in there on the violin. I'm Mark Tiley. Come back again soon for more podcasts right here at manxradio.com. <laughs>